Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Buzz, the podcast where we talk sports and get a buzz on. As always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, the delicious Strangeland Brewery. A beer for any, every, and all occasions. Yes, sir. You're damn right. We are back at Nate's recording live. I'm your host, Spencer Spillman. Got my co-host, Coach. What's up, man? Hey, feels good to be back here. It's good to have you here, and uh, this might be the one show where we actually have just a Coach and Dale show. First ever Coach and Dale exclusive. It's possible. It's possible. We're, we're still kind of holding out hope that a special guest or two may show up at some point. Um, but oh, we're, you showed up with hope? Uh, all hope was lost. All hope is here. lost. Uh, baby bro said he is not feeling it. Uh, is not going to be here. Direct quote. Direct quote, not feeling it. Um, what a terrible guy. But, hey, you know, we're going to talk college sports all night long. Uh, we got – this is technically our pro show, but it will be all Texas colleges. Um, minus UT. We got a full UT hour coming to you on Friday. But this is our uh, college – Texas college preview. Um, if you're listening, you are listening on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please follow us on SoundCloud. Please subscribe on iTunes. That way you get up to date when we post a new episode. Um and give us some five-star reviews if you like it. Tell your friends about us. Let us know how we're doing. If you like the show, if you don't, tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, we probably won't listen, but that's fine. Uh, Domingo the Flamingo is not here because Coach left him sitting in our uh, normal weekly studio. You know what? We may have a surprise guest today. <laughs> it may come through. Oh, yeah? Domingo may fly his ass all the way yeah, down. Yeah, I would love know. that. I would absolutely love that. You never know. Um... But, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, um, this is uh, our, our buzz is always brought to you by Strangeland Brewery. And um, from day one, they've, they've been our sponsors. They've been helping us out tremendously every single week. Uh, so go check out the brewery out there off of 360 and Bee Cave Road. Uh, Adam and Tim, the guys out there, are absolutely awesome, super nice. They're doing uh, it right. Just yeah. doing it right. Yeah. And the beer is fantastic. Got a bunch of new stuff out. The Margarita Goza was the first summer beer. We got a Peach Berlin Vice. It was fantastic. And the most recent, the Watermelon IPA. You know what's really exciting, I think, is that they've been doing these new promotions. Oh, I've been I seeing them. I can only imagine that when Ballad gets back, we're going to have a brand new beer to try. Uh, so it's well, going to be like 
I've been seeing a whole their surprise. I've been seeing their Facebook and Instagram posts, and the Oktoberfest is being canned as we speak. Mm, and that was one of my favorites. Gonna be good. The Oktoberfest is fantastic, uh, so that should be coming out very very soon. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, we are live at Nate's, and so you're gonna hear some music in the background, maybe some glasses clinking, and uh, you know it's a bar. What, what you're hearing is just a damn good time. That's yep. for sure. Nate's is great. Bring your dogs. Bring your pets. They're very pet friendly. Uh, just come hang out, drink a beer with us. Um, but our other sponsors, Mountain Breeze Campground, we are down to pretty much the last real weekend of camping, Labor Day weekend down on the Guadalupe River. Um, still plenty of spots open. If you want to go camp and you want to have a good time, there will be live music, at least a DJ Friday night, a live band on Saturday, and probably some sort of live music on Sunday. Uh, no Dave Finley, unfortunately. Dave mm. is uh, doing big things. That's a um, shame. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell people that what Dave's doing right now, but big things, big things big for things. Dave Finley, big things for Dave Finley right now. Yeah. Um, what and what we can promise you is not a good time, but we can promise you fantastic stories you will tell for at least years to come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I definitely, uh, we definitely have some stories to tell in our show business. We'll get to that. Um, so let's go ahead and do it. Uh, follow, well, before we do that, uh, follow the brewery on Twitter at Strangeland Brew. Follow us at SportsBuzzTX. You know, I was thinking this week we need to start working on an Instagram account. But yeah, but we're already terrible at Twitter, so uh, terrible at Twitter. We may want to hold off on that. But I'll, I'll, you know, Facebook maybe, maybe is I'll, sketchy at best. I'll take it upon myself <laughs> and uh, maybe jump into this whole uh, Instagram thing. I've been, I've been really starting to get into it. You in the IG game now? Yeah, yeah, oh, the okay. IG game. Okay. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into our show business here. Um, is everyone in a studio? Absolutely not. Uh, no you should know this. Way. You should know this by now. Uh, we don't know where Chad is. Uh, vacuums, vacuums are calling. It's it's the season of dust. It's time to get that dust out of your house. Give Mr. Chad Goodall a call. He will hook you up <laughs> with a vacuum, no doubt. We definitely know where our producer ballot is. He is in Thailand somewhere. There's no telling where he is. All I've been seeing are his coffee ratings. Uh, and then he's just in the midst of traveling throughout all that, so there's there's no clue where he's at. Bangkok's got him now, baby. Oh boy, he belongs to Bangkok. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're live at Nate's. We're having a good time. We're drinking some beers. Uh, but the big news here is that college football is back, baby. College football is back. We had what three games this past weekend, and yeah, they weren't great games. Uh, they weren't teams you would normally watch. But did I tune in a little bit? Just to see who was playing? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. And, and you know what? Uh, Uncle Matt gave us a call last week. It was a complete surprise. Uh, we thought he would ignore us completely, you know, with ballot out of the country and everything. But uh, he gave us a call. He was like, fellas, let me tell you something. New Mexico State is the play of the week right now. Uh, I don't know what Uncle Mac was drinking, but it wasn't Strangeland because <laughs> that was not the play. Uh, we he feel bad for Uncle Mac. Week zero, and he's... Already 0 for 1, so. He was drinking that maroon Aggie Kool-Aid over there with New Mexico State. He, you know, he took a homer pick because his daughter goes to school there. Uh, big mistake. Huge. Really big mistake. Huge. Huge mistake. But, uh, but yeah, college football's back. It was good to see people hitting. Good to see touchdowns, real touchdowns that count. Um, so that was fantastic. But uh, one big piece of this show is, is our uh, – you know, our degenerate gambling hamster. So 
Coach, give us an update on Lana. How's she doing? I saw her this weekend. Well, I don't think Lana's a degenerate. She just happens to live she loves making in picks. the trap house. She loves making picks. Yeah, but she makes terrible picks. Uh, I guess you would call that a degenerate. Uh, but Lana, uh, we actually feed. I mean, this is our normal pro show hour, so I'm going to go ahead and get this story in here. Uh, you and I and Mr. Chad Goodall are on a league together. We have been for quite some time now. Um, I'm a multiple champion of this league. No, don't mean to brag. Humble uh, brag right there, but folks. But as the commissioner of this league, I have a duty to set the draft order and make it count. Uh, we were not able to do a full live draft together this year, so uh, unfortunately we had to settle for something else. hate but, those online drafts, man. But you know what? With Lana staying in my house, I told her, look, if you're going to stay here, you got to earn your keep. Uh, so we decided on letting Lana decide the draft order of our league. Which was awesome, by the, the way. The way I did this was I set up a circle of giant Jenga blocks, each with our names on it. I put Lana in the middle, and I let her knock them down in reverse draft order to decide who was going to pick first. Uh, it was quite an event. We held it on Facebook Live. Um, it was it was a good time had by all. And, uh, you know, I ended up with the third overall pick. I took my boy Antonio Brown. Uh, so i got to say I'm pretty happy with Lana at this point. How'd you end up in Lana's shuffle? Lana gave me a decent pick. Um, I was fifth, fifth overall. And I like that pick because, you know, you get you get to pick in the first five. You get pretty much whoever you want as far as either top running back or pretty much a top receiver. Um, and then you only have to wait ten picks every single time that it's your turn. So you don't have that weird, like, you have to wait 20 picks after you draft number one. Uh, so that was cool. However... Had a bit of uh, technical difficulties yeah, quite throughout, a few, actually. throughout the draft. Um, my first pick, I was actually going to take a swing on Saquon Barkley. Didn't get a chance to do that because my computer glitched and auto-drafted David Johnson for me. So I was stuck with, you know, a top five pick, whatever. Um, not who I wanted to pick, but I'll, I'll deal with it. I'm going to deal with it, see how it goes, hoping it's going to be all right. Um, and then later on in the draft... I had a panic attack because my computer completely froze. The clock was still moving, but it would not let me click on the tight end I wanted to pick. Don't worry. The clock never stops in the draft. I had already drafted a quarterback. I got Aaron Rodgers, which was nice. Uh, I haven't had an elite quarterback in some time in a fantasy league. And if it weren't for such a great commish, my boy coach sitting on my left here, uh, we would have been stuck with not only Aaron Rodgers, but an auto pick of Russell Wilson. Um, Coach was kind enough as a commish to pause several times so I could get on my phone and draft the tight end that I was trying to get. So uh, the league was not happy about it. They thought collusion was going on. Um, But no, not the case. It was legit. Uh, I pretty much had a real panic attack there and um, was freaking out. So thank you to Coach. Hey, no problem. Uh, and, you know, this is the time where we would let Chad brag on his team, uh, his first-round draft pick and Alvin Kamara. Uh, or, you know, maybe we let Trent brag about getting 10th overall and getting two top 11 picks. Uh, but they're not here, so we're not going to do that. And, uh, and then Trent already made a trade and got two top we'll move on. number one receivers. We'll see how that pans out for him. Yeah. A.J. Green could be worse than T.Y. Hilton that's the thing year. I'm thinking about, too, man. I, I've never trusted A.J. It I don't was know foolish why. and early. But so. we'll talk about that next week in our pro show. Our um, fantasy show. Yeah, our fantasy show. 
Oh, yeah, we do have to do Finally that. Finally get to do that. Forgot next about week. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, go ahead and we'll, we'll talk more stories from the weekend because we did have a coach's engagement party. But we're going to talk about that on our, um, on our show to be released on Friday. We'll give you some of our weekend debauchery stories. But uh, tell the people what our show bet is tonight, Coach. Our show bet. Uh, we liked the Atlanta Braves last week, and we're going to ride the Atlanta Braves again. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are coming into town. They are riding a hot streak of uh, at least five wins. Uh, I know they just swept the Red Sox. Uh, the Braves are playing extremely well, trying to win a division pennant. Um, so we took that game, the Rays being hot and all. The line was set at eight for the over-under. Uh, you know, we went under two weeks in a row, and uh, we decided we're going to go over this week. So uh, we got a nice little show bet taking the over in the Rays at Atlanta game tonight. Sweet. I like it. Let me see if I can pull that up so we can get a game cast. I know they got started just a little while ago. But. Tampa Bay Atlanta. What did you say the over-under? Eight. Eight. All right. We are top five in that game, and it is two to one raise. Not looking good. Uh, eight, eight's a lot of runs, but right now we're at three, and so, we're over halfway through the game. We'll so see what happens. We're at the halfway part of the game, so okay. Okay. we'll keep an eye on GameCast, let you guys know as the show goes on. Um, but it is time to do what we are here to do, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to talk some college football. Uh, this oh, is our football's back. Texas college football preview so uh, we are going to talk we're going to make a classy tour through the state of texas we're going to talk all teams texas uh there was a few we left out well naturally and and i'll tell you i'll tell you exactly who it was because i'm a man of the people i'm an honest guy uh i definitely scratched abilene christian angelo state sorry decker uh scratched sam houston state and stephen f austin because we're not talking Division Two teams here. San Houston State's Division Two or FCS, They're, yeah, FCS. championship series. Um, and I just don't care. So we're going to talk about FBS teams. Uh, starting off with everybody's favorite, the Baylor Bears down in Waco. Uh, the old Baylor Bears. Yeah, we all we you guys, if you listen, you know uh, how much we absolutely despise the Baylor Bears after what's gone on, but. Uh, it, we're going to talk about them anyways. It just really is from like an organizational standpoint. Yes. We just hate them. Yes. No, it's a, it's a deep-rooted hate yeah. after, at this point. Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about them anyways. Coach, you got a couple points on Baylor. Uh, I know Matt Rule has a lot uh, of room to grow after last year's 1-11 start. a ton of room to grow. Uh, they went 1-11 last year, so they're looking better for that. Uh, they are unfortunately uh, the Big 12 preseason pick to be ninth, which is where they sat last year. So they don't think they're going to improve very much. Um, but I would be very shocked to see Baylor not make a vast improvement on the team they were last year. Uh, they returned nine starters on offense, and they returned eight starters on defense. Now, this is a defense that gave up 457 yards a game last year. Uh, not very good, but... You know what? None of the defenses in the Big 12 are that good, so uh, a little improvement there could go a long way for them. Uh, their offense, even though they only had one win, still put up 405 yards of offense a game, so they'll be looking to continue that kind of pace on offense. Um, but really, the only bright spot is wide receiver Denzel Mims. I, I don't see too much uh, in the way of Baylor getting better. However, I just think it could go vastly unnoticed, even if they improve. If they're a 3-4 win team, 
I don't think that catches the eye of many, um, but Baylor could very well find themselves in this tough middle pack of the Big 12 uh, and find themselves in a couple positions to upset some teams this year. The one thing they have going for them that I'm looking at here on the depth chart is a very experienced senior offensive line, um, four seniors and one junior on their offensive line, which is kind of ridiculous. You don't really hear about that kind of stuff anymore. It's incredible. Um, and then returning quarterback Charlie Brewer, the kid from Lake Travis. Uh, I mean, he was a stud in high school. He he showed moments last year that he can play quarterback. He's very athletic, can run the ball as well as throw it. Um, so to have his number one guy, Denzel Mims, coming back is obviously a huge deal. Um, got a senior on the other side of the ball, Chris Platt. Uh, Marcus Jones, a lot of guys that have been around this program for several years, which you can take it how you want it, but um, a lot of senior leadership on this offensive side of the ball. Um, My favorite they name, though, has to be Pooh. Pooh. Pooh Strickland. Literally like Pooh Bear. Like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah, that's solid. That is a solid name. Um, defensive side of the ball. Pretty young, couple juniors, couple sophomores, uh, just a few seniors out there on the defensive line. A um, couple guys in the secondary. So yeah, I don't, I don't expect Baylor to do a whole lot in the Big Twelve. I really don't expect them to wow anybody. However, I think Baylor can do enough to win some games and especially some conference games. Um, and and like we've talked about last week and we will this week as well. The middle pack of the Big Twelve is so much up in the air that. It'll be really hard to distinguish these games until we get into them to see who's really going to take it game to game. So yep. it, it will be an interesting ride for the Baylor Bears this year. I'll be the first to say I hope they lose them all, but uh, maybe that's just me. It would be nice to Moving see them on. at the bottom. Um, I know you came pretty prepared with Houston. Uh, let's talk about the Houston Cougars and Major Applewhite's second year with the Cougars. Uh, I, I really am looking forward to watching Major and the Cougars play this year. It will be very interesting. The Cougs uh, coming off a 7-5 and five season last year. They also lose their bowl game to go 7-6. and six. Not a great start for Major Applewhite. Um, even their athletic director has come out and said that eight wins is not necessarily a good enough season total. Um, that's bold. That's, I mean, that's a and, bold statement for a second-year coach. Well, I mean, this was year one, he said that, right. you know, after Tom Herman. Right. Uh, so the expectations were there. Um, but I think Major has his work cut out for him either way. Um, you know, last year they had four losses that were less than a touchdown. Uh, they lose by three to Tech, Tulane, um, and Memphis. I'm sorry, they lost by four to Memphis. Uh, and they lose to Fresno State 33-27. And that's four really bad losses that you should not lose as the University of Houston, especially yeah. coming off the year that at they had. At least two of those should not have been losses, um, which would have changed the landscape of their season altogether last year. Um, but we'll really have to see what Applewhite puts together. So far this offseason, he has added Kendall Bryles to the coaching staff. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so there has been a lot of kickback there. Obviously, Kendall Bryles was... Uh, released of any true, quote, wrongdoing at Baylor. He yeah. was there, yes, 
but to the extent of his knowledge, there was not a lot wrong with Kendall Bryles, but he became almost an untouchable uh, until another untouchable Lane Kiffin brought him over to FAU last year. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I think that should be noted here, though, is Major Applewhite is not a guy free of character flaws himself, and I think he's really taken a chance on Kendall Bryles with the reputation that he has, which is on the field. I always uh, forget about that whole thing that happened when... Most people major. do. I mean, it's UT, man. Yeah. That's just kind of how it goes. I totally forgot about that whole deal with the grad assistant. But Kendall Bryles has a pedigree to him. In the three years that he's been an offensive coordinator, he's produced two top ten offenses according to S&P rating. Uh, Baylor was number two ranked in 2015, and FAU last year was ranked number six in the nation as an S&P plus offense. So Kendall Bryles does bring some electricity to the offensive side in an in a team that's going to need some electricity on it. Sure. Uh, they return the, the world-class uh, defensive lineman, Ed Oliver, who is just a freak athlete. I mean, Ed Oliver is the real deal. He'll be a top-10 pick, if not a top-5 NFL draft yeah. pick this, this next season. Um, but their defense is going to be up to the task. It's really going to be about offense and coaching, I think, this year for the Cougars. So here's what I like about this defense, and I'm going to read off – uh, just their secondary alone before I get to some of the other guys. They have two starting quarterback cornerbacks, easy for me to say, redshirt seniors. Both their starting safeties, redshirt seniors. Two out of the three linebackers are redshirt seniors as transfers. And then you have a redshirt junior, a senior at outside linebacker. Then the D-line with Oliver being a junior. They have a redshirt senior and Jared Carter, Gerard Carter, excuse me, and a redshirt sophomore transfer. But this is a group that has, most of these guys have been together for a very long time, minus a couple of these transfer guys, but a very experienced group who knows how to play the game. And if they can just get it all together and get the scheme right, Ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous look. With When you have guys that have been playing college football for four or five years, I mean, these grad transfers, these redshirt senior transfers, they've been in the programs for five years. Yeah, Houston's going to be scary good, and to me it's all about coaching, and, and that's, where, that's what's going to take them somewhere. Um, I think a very interesting thing on the offensive side of the ball, their quarterback, Derek King, um, is actually a converted uh, quarterback from wide receiver. I think he'll be the most unique part of this Houston offense because when King came in to take over the offense last year, they were three points better per game. Um, it'll be very interesting. And they lost how many three-point games? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I think he's going to be the difference maker. Adding Kendall Bryles behind him, giving him the ability to make those plays, yep. is only going to add to this talent on this Houston team. Yep. I think they're they're due for some big, big things this Well, year. the one thing that I like to look at with offenses is obviously the O-line. Um, another very experienced O-line, a redshirt junior, a redshirt senior, senior at, uh, at center. Another redshirt junior. I mean, there's three redshirt juniors and a redshirt senior, plus your starting senior at center. I mean, that doesn't get much better than that unless you got all seniors. The only starting sophomore, uh, there's only one on defense and only one on offense. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a huge statement. Yeah, and both of those are redshirts, so they've been in, in college football for yeah, a while. They're still three years in. So. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on and talk about the North Texas Mean Green. Not a whole lot to talk about here. 
No, but one of the most exciting teams, I think, in Texas. Um, if they had a great year last year. If you're in the area and you're not excited about Mean Green football, you're doing something wrong. Uh, UNT will be the third season under head coach Seth Luttrell. Um, he's gone 14-13 and 13 in his first two seasons at UNT, but this is after taking over a team that was 1-11 um, the year before he got there. Uh, unfortunately, they hit a tough skid at the end of the season last year. Um, they were overall 9-3 and three to end the season. They went 7-1 and one in Conference USA. They won the West Division, and then they went on to lose the Conference Championship game, and then in their bowl game against Troy, they got blown out 50-30. to 30. So there is some room for improvement. However, they have shown vast improvement so far and are only on an upward tick so far right now. So um, their offense is returning nine guys. Their defense is returning eight, um, very similar to Baylor, but they're already on an upward trend. So I think this is a really good year uh, to be a Mean Green fan. Uh, Mason Fine is also the returning quarterback and one of the starters on offense. Um, he'll be instrumental in the success of UNT this year. Yeah, and I remember that name at wide receiver. Uh, the wide receiver, the Z, Z receiver. Yeah, there you go. Um, Jalen Guyton. Uh, he's a redshirt junior uh, transfer as well. A lot of guys on – this is another thing we're going to keep touching on is a lot of redshirts on these uh, on this offense here and a lot of guys with a lot of experience, a lot of redshirt juniors, redshirt senior transfers. Um, got a pair of brothers on the offensive line. Got to love that. Uh, and one's a redshirt freshman. So uh, they will start one freshman on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, uh, it's – you know, they had a great year last year, and they've continuously improved. It's it's fun to watch for a team that you didn't really ever hear about until last year. So, yeah, good for I mean, guys. they're obviously covered up in Conference USA, uh, so you don't think about them very often. But you know, going nine and three in the regular season is huge. I think they can potentially win the West Division again, and uh, hopefully win a bowl game because be cool. they have only ever won three in uh, school history, so it would be nice for the Mean Green to actually get to a bowl game and win it uh, for a change. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about the undefeated Rice Owls. Uh, they are one of only three teams in the country undefeated. Yeah, that's very true. Well, actually, there's only three teams that have been defeated. Everybody else is still undefeated. Right. But Rice is one of three teams. Well, everyone's undefeated except the three teams that lost. Dude, you're, you're, ki you're your killing me here. Backwards. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to hype up Rice here, but you're just killing it. Hey, well, let me hype it up this way. Uh, Rice has already equaled their season win total of last year <laughs> of one. Um, I got some fun facts for you here, Dale. All right, hit him. Um, in first quarter scoring all of last year, Rice scored a total of 17 points. Their opponents scored 142 throughout Oh, the year. boy. Uh, field goal opportunities uh, were also something of a rarity for opponents for Rice. Opponents went 15 of 18 on the year against the Owls, but the Owls themselves were only 3 of 5, so not a very good look. I uh, mean, maybe they're just one of those teams that goes for it every single time it's fourth down, you know? They That's probably, not a big deal. They probably have to when they're getting blown out. So <laughs> yeah, trying to make a comeback. Uh, and then, of course, the turnover game, the one thing that no coach ever wants to see. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know. I'm a coach. <laughs> Rice gave up 29 turnovers to their opponents, six for all of last year. So 
Uh, they're off to a promising start. They beat Prairie View A&M in a close one, 31-28. Uh, and Rice off to a hot start in the state of Texas. Big, big start for Rice. Uh, huge win over Prairie View A&M on Saturday, 31-28 in a barn burner, apparently. <laughs> uh, I did not catch this one, um, I, I, although I wanted to. I wanted to. I was a big, big fan of uh, Rice and Prairie View A&M. Big Prairie View A&M guy. Big Prairie View guy. Uh... All right, let's move on. That's all we got for Rice. We'll talk about the SMU Mustangs now. Um, you know, they've had their ups and downs. Obviously, uh, very historically down with the death penalty years ago. But uh, they've been on the, I guess, trending upwards in the past couple of years. They have been a ghost of college football. Um, I tell you what, if you want a law degree, SMU, great place to go. Great law uh, school. But football, not so great. Um, until recently... Uh, they have a brand new coach in Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes baby. who is got a pedigree of coaching uh, Absolutely. and a lineage as well. Uh, if you don't know, go ahead and look it up. Yeah, you got if you this know crazy college, thing if called you know the college internet. football, you should probably know the name Sonny Dykes. Yeah, you should know the Dykes family for sure. Um, but his air raid offense will be bring a brand new scheme to this SMU football. Um, I think if they can limit the big plays on defense, they give themselves a chance to hang around in a lot of games. Um, but their offense is obviously going to depend on the junior quarterback, Ben Hicks. Um, we will see. He's got a great head coach, though, to, to guide him through this. So um, SMU could be looking for uh, a, a bowl game this year, uh, and that, I think that's their goal in 2018 is to get back to a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, we probably should have pulled up some over-unders on, on win totals on some of these teams, but it is what it is. Um, what I like about this depth chart here is when you look at the quarterback position, Ben Hicks is the number one. There is nobody listed as the number two at quarterback. So do they have any other quarterbacks? I don't know. They don't, they don't need them. They don't need them. No. Yeah, hopefully that guy doesn't uh, get hurt. Knock on wood for, for you, Ben Hicks. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm – Definitely interested to see what Sonny Dykes is going to bring to a, you know, historically prestigious program. I mean, SNU was top of the the talks a long back time in the ago. 80s. A yeah. long time ago. Yeah, before they got caught paying players. Um, but that's neither here <laughs> you, nor there. You mean before they got caught doing what everybody does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right, man. Well, um, we do have a second half that we need to talk about, and that's going to do it for the first half of our Texas college football preview. Uh, we'll hit a quick break, give you guys some music, and we'll be right back with some more Sports Buzz. You got it, guy. Do you feel the buzz or is it just me? Trust me. Something in the air just above me. Something like a dream state. You call it a clean break. Do you feel the buzz, baby? Do you feel the buzz? Welcome back to the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Dale. And we are still talking college sports. And that was Hermitude. That was your boy Hermitude with the Silky Smooth Gems. But hey, uh, time to get right back into it. What we were talking about before, uh, Texas college football. And now we get to a couple of the bigger, more well-known teams. 
And let's start it off with the TCU Horned Frogs up there in Fort Worth. Uh, should be a good year for Gary Patterson and the Horned Frogs. Lots of high expectations up there. Um, I'm, I, I'd say that they're top two. At worst, top three in the Big 12. So I have high expectations for them, and I'm definitely scared of the Horned Frogs. Coach, tell me about what you think about them. Um, this is a perennially good team now. At this point in history in the Big 12, TCU has been dominant in, in recent memory. Uh, Gary Patterson is entering his 19th year as a head coach. Um, TCU is going to rely very heavily on his expertise and his experience, as they should. Um, he's led them to the promised land a couple times. They've just fallen short when it mattered most. So it will be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, but with Gary Patterson at the helm, you know it's not going to be a bad season. Um, the Frogs have won at least 11 games in three of the last four years. That's pretty good. Um, really, the question mark stands for TCU. How will sophomore quarterback Sean Robinson play? Uh, he will be the starter for them, but can he be the leader that they need? Uh, their offense is going to need some work and some adjustments as we go through the year. Uh, but their defense, which has been the best it's been in last year uh, in recent memory, is only getting better for this year. Um, I think their defense in a conference where defense is not very important will be instrumental in keeping TCU in a lot of games that they don't deserve to be in. Um, I, I think TCU, although they should be recognized as a powerhouse in the Big 12, um, has a lot of question marks. Under the radar, man. Concerns. Under um, the radar on the national scale. They are, but I think that's the expectation because I, I think I, I see a lot of question marks. I mean, when it starts at quarterback, that's tough for an offense in, in a league, in a division yeah. that you have to score a lot of points in. That's um, true. It, it's going to be very interesting, but luckily for them, they have a favorable schedule. Um, they host five conference games at home, um, two of which are the Oklahoma teams, Oklahoma and OSU, and then two of their uh, two of their four road games are against Kansas and Baylor. So <laughs> when you get you, the two worst on the road. When you look at that um, it's going to be very very interesting it's hard to carve out some losses here but if if TCU regresses in any way they can easily find themselves in a two or three loss situation come the end of the year yeah I think two may be doable three possible if they just blow one but you're right they do have a very very favorable schedule um, and you know not not a whole lot of, of real senior leadership on this team uh, you got a sophomore quarterback a uh, couple seniors at wide receiver but um, you know a lot of a lot of redshirt juniors a lot of redshirt sophomores on the offensive side several redshirt freshmen on the defensive side of the ball um, so you know I, I think that defense is probably the scariest piece of TCU and that's really where they make their money at Gary, Gary Patterson's always been a defensive coach. I mean, yeah, and their back seven is going to come ready to play. Their back absolutely. seven is the most experienced part of their team. Yeah. Uh, they'll be fresh on the defensive line, but fresh legs on D-line is lot, never, never really juniors, a bad thing. A lot of juniors and seniors uh, everywhere on that back seven. So. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, uh, TCU, I think, has commanded respect, deservedly so. Uh, however, I think if they don't come – 
if they show up to games thinking they deserve everybody's respect, they will lose several games this year. I definitely think they deserve the respect. I just don't think they're really getting it. I think a lot of people overlook them because it's Texas Christian University. They're like, who's that? It's Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think they're probably at least a 10-win team. And that's with a bowl. You know, so. I think we forgot a couple things to mention on a break, Dale. Um, first of all, we have a special guest in the studio. Uh, yeah, he the, just showed up. All the way from, the break. from Slaughter Lane himself. Domingo the Flamingo flew in. Uh, he's chilling with us on this couch. He He's show-ready. He's a show-ready Flamingo. Yeah, buddy, he's here. He, he finally made it. Made his way here. Uh, it was a long flight. Another and, thing uh, we uh, forgot to touch on is our show bets. Which is uh, probably a good thing. Yeah, probably a good thing uh, because we were in the top of the fifth when we started the show. We are <laughs> two now to one. Two to one. We are now in the top of the sixth. It is four to five. We, uh, we're over. We may need to make another show bet for the next show. It's not good. Hey, it is good because we're, we're winners three weeks in a row. Oh, we took the over. I thought we wanted the under. Oh, no, we took the over. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. God, I thought we uh, lost. I could not risk a third under in a row. It's just too risky. It's Dude, like we got to stop quarters, betting unders, man. man. we got to stop um, betting unders. But you know what? Ever since Coach has taken over making picks. Well, yeah, because you're the baseball guy. And Chad has taken over submitting those picks. We haven't lost. Uh, we haven't lost a single Have game. Have not lost. We're 3-0. Um, we're just we're living the dream right now. That was me knocking on wood because uh, Coach is trying to jinx shit over here. It's uh, fucking over. I mean, we but won. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying for previous, for for weeks to come. You yeah. know, that's a that's a future show problem that I don't have to deal with right now. <laughs> well, hey, we hit that one. That's fantastic. But let's back to football. Yeah, let's get back to what we're here to talk about. Uh, let's see, <laughs> what do we got next? Ooh, yeah. Maybe we can just skip that one. No, yeah? no. Yeah, just skip no, the no, Aggies. We can't skip them. No, we can't skip the Aggies we because there's stuff. a lot of stuff that's going on right now. With Texas A&M over there in College Station, um, we meant to talk about it last week and just completely forgot. But we just didn't have time last week. Yeah, we it was really did. Um, but Texas A&M is dealing with uh, some NCAA possible possible a- NCAA alleged. allegedly <laughs> infractions based on a transfer who went from playing for Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M to transferring to Arizona to play under Kevin Sumlin, which makes zero sense to me but uh, well, he plays defense so that makes a little bit of sense mm, yeah um so so basically santino martial is that how we Mar- martial martial something like that martial 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 whatever martial. tomato tomato something uh he has come out and said that um the so, a&m uh assistants were were giving him so here we'll, we'll touch on these quick points because it's just a few of the allegations that yeah, came yeah. out but just to clarify, so there's new transfer eligibility rules that are stipulated where some players can actually get immediate eligibility when they transfer. Yeah. Um, and this came in the wake of all the Ole Miss transfers because of everything that they got in trouble for. And guys were like, oh, well, we didn't. they lied to us about the seriousness of the, the infractions, and that's why we went here, and so then they later transferred because of the infractions. Um, so this is in Marshall's, uh eligibility request is when all of this information came out, uh, and I'll let you go ahead and hit some of the, some of the key points that uh, the NCAA did not like very much. Yeah, um, so the first one being uh, that an assistant coach – 
these are all allegations. Uh, no, no real evidence yet. Uh, but assistant coach gave him cash to host recruits uh, in a quote-unquote unofficial visit, which is illegal by NCAA regulations. Uh, he said he was given three hundred dollars for one non uh, one unofficial visit and four hundred for another. Uh, you cannot give a current player money for an unofficial visit. Apparently, you're allowed to for an official visit. Um, did not know that. Uh, it's uh, there's 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 on limits it. Yeah. on it because yes. it's for food and right. other right in entertainment type um, stuff. And then. Uh, so they would have voluntary practices. Coaches would show up and basically coach, tell them what to do. Yeah, <laughs> voluntary when practices, you can. and then bust their ass and make them work on a regimen. And apparently, he has lists and dude, he's got names, he's got everything, he's got all sorts of stuff that are quote unquote voluntary June practices. Um, he's got a lot of paperwork that he's going to be showing off. Uh, and then finally. Uh, they miss. Uh, he, he claims that the A&M training staff mishandled an ankle injury uh, that kept him off the field. Uh, Made him practice and then took X-rays after practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. That I mean, that's that sounds like the right. That's on way the to lines of, of Maryland. Uh, you know, that's how kids never play again or worse and you yeah, know, absolutely die on the field. If you if you're not if your training staff is not properly attending to your players, especially with injuries, with hydration with water with everything that goes on on especially in texas when it's 105 degrees in the middle of summer you have to take better care of your players um so that's the one that really stands out to me as yeah y'all fuck this up well you, you know, know the money thing the the whole well no here's the thing i have I'm okay with here's the thing i have yeah. about the money thing look these guys get money floated around to do things pay for food in extravagant ways. They're, they're given more than they need to. Yes, yes. Um, but what pisses me off is that these schools constantly want to talk about how, no, 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 these kids can't get money, even though they know how much they need this money for certain things. No, 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 they can't have it because they're getting an education. Well, guess what? An education does not feed you. Um, and I'm glad people are starting to stand up and talk about these schools because what it is is just absolute bullshit. They know the money is necessary, but they're refusing to pay it out because it would limit their pocketbooks and their bottom line at the end of the day. So I'm glad these things are coming out. Uh, if they're true, I hope they get into a lot of trouble. But that's kind of the last thing I want to talk about that because A&M is looking exciting for this upcoming 2018 season. Um, I think if you haven't been excited about Aggie football, uh, you've had good reason to, but this is a year that's very different with uh, similar results in mind. Jimbo Fisher has made his way over from Florida State to College Station, um, and he's going to bring a purpose back to this team, and I think that's kind of the best thing that AM could have asked for in this situation. Um, we took uh, a statistical analysis of the win probability for all of Texas A&M's games uh, on the schedule. Now, this is all. this is all like... It's all simulation. Different it's, simulations it's and arithmetic and yeah, all sorts of... Yeah, it's all of math. Um, but basically, uh, they're looking like a, a high winner against Northwestern State. Uh, they got a one-in-four chance of beating Clemson, it looks like. Uh, UL Monroe is going to be taken care of. Uh, Kentucky is currently an 85% probability, with Arkansas looking even slimmer. Uh, seven out of ten times, A&M is going to beat them, but Arkansas has got a chance. Um, they got a 15% chance in hell to beat Alabama. 
Ice Cube, Chance in Hell. Um, and then really a bunch of toss-up games, South Carolina, Mississippi State in, in conference, and then Auburn. They got a 1-5 chance of beating the War Eagle. Uh, no Ballad's going to be happy about that. Uh, yeah. Good old family rivalry for himself. Uh, and then they got a 3 out of 4 chance of beating Ole Miss. They got a 95% chance of beating UAB. And LSU looking like another coin flip game. Um, six out of ten, it looks like good chances for AM. But you never know. Uh, it's going to be at the end of the year, so it could matter. It could not for both of those teams. We'll see what happens. Sure. Uh, but AM under Jimbo Fisher, I think, is going to have a lot more promise and a lot more ceiling than they ever did under Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see what the offense is going to be under Jimbo. But obviously, the biggest name on this depth chart is Daylon Mack. Uh, Coming back as a senior, defensive tackle, Daylon Mack is the best player on that defense. And, you know, we'll have to see what uh, Travion Williams is going to be at quarterback. I, I mean, I really know nothing about A&M. And uh-huh. I even talked to, a, to an Aggie fan and tried to get uh, good old Chris Plummer to come out tonight and talk A&M. He's like – I gave up after last year. They're scared. He goes, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think. After, last, after halfway through last year, Aggie fans gave up. They said he hasn't even kept up with it. Their fans really took on the the persona of Kevin Sumlin. Um, I'm a little surprised Nick Starkle is not going to be the starter for them. Um, Kellen Mond is currently listed as the number one quarterback. Both are sophomores. Nick Starkle has a redshirt year under his belt, but oh, uh, I read the wrong list. My bad. I read the wrong line. Nick Starkle to me is a guy that is good at football. I thought he showed uh, the most promise he, he last year. He looked really well last year, albeit unpolished, but he looked good. Um, I think this is more of Jimbo getting in the heads of these guys and really demanding the best out of his quarterbacks because that's where it's all going to start, and that's what Jimbo cares about the most. So um, it'll be interesting. I wonder if they'll stick with Mond. I wonder if they'll rotate at all. Um, but I know Nick Starkle is, is definitely not giving up his job lying down. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out for AM this year. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm not the I'm not the UT fan who's going to go, well, I, I fucking hate AM. I'm never rooting for them. I root for them if they're not playing Texas or if they're not playing a team that I'm going to be rooting for. Oh, which, uh, by the way, AM, uh, UT actually brought a contract <laughs> to renew the uh, yes, old rivalry did. game. Yes, and, they did. Uh, AM actually turned it down. So, yep. Not a good look for you, Texas A&M. No. And it wasn't like Texas was trying to troll them or anything. They just wanted to say, you know. The state wants it back. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But we'll move on. We will move on. Time to go back to the Big 12 and talk about the Texas Tech fighting Cliff Kingsbury's. Uh, Somehow he still has a job thanks to that upset win over UT last year. Um, An upset win over Houston. So... He still has a job for now. Uh, I think that if this isn't a seven-win season for Texas Tech, he's a, he's got a real good chance of losing his job. Um, they have uh, returning a uh, junior transfer. Um, is it McLean Carter? Yeah. That's a weird... I feel like his first, his last name would be his first no, name. That's it. Um, the coming only guy back, on the roster. Coming back at quarterback. Yeah, no backup listed here. Uh, this wasn't updated uh, in a, at least a month. But, uh, you know, Texas Tech is always going to air it out. They're always going to have an offense that's going to score points. We know that. And 
a senior running back coming back and Trey King, you know that they're going to use him in little wheel routes and, and little screen passes. We'll see if they actually do try to run the ball, but literally it says offensive schemes on this page, air raid in all caps. Yeah. Um, it comes from the Dykes scheme <laughs> yeah. of throw the shit out. Just throw it every single play. Um which is what we're used to at Tech. It's a defense. Coach, what do you got on this defense this year? Uh, this defense is going to be one of the best defenses Texas Tech has ever experienced, I feel like. Um, <laughs> That's not saying a whole lot. It's not because the bar is set so low. However, this Tech all, uh, team this year is going to rely on the fact that their defense needs to get stops. Like They are going to heavily rely on defenses here. Um, because their offense is questionable at best. They're, they're new at a lot of places, uh, and it's going to take a while to work out. Like we've talked about repeatedly, the Big 12 has a huge middle pack. Tech is going to be in there, but they have the highest upside and the lowest low side, and that's the scariest part about being a Red Raider fan this year. Well, that's got to be the scariest part being Cliff Kingsbury, knowing that your job, oh, your, your, your seat that you're sitting on is really, really hot, and that – that athletic director, that president, is sitting there playing with the propane, just turning that gas up, baby. Yeah, and, and looking at their schedule, they have a vast majority of their games that are coin flips, and it really just depends on what tech team shows up to play. So improvement will go a long way. Regression will go even further. Um, I found a fun little uh, analytics picture today. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about the S&P Plus rating, which is a, a calculated algorithm based on uh, your opponent, your production, uh, where you're at, whether all, all the variables that go into college football, right? Texas Tech, uh, looking at the S&P Plus progression of the Big 12 average since from 2005 to 17, Texas Tech has been below the S&P Plus progression uh, progression line since 2010 um they were on a steady rise up until that point so it's not to say that it's all kingsbury's fault but they have been equal to or below the conference average for the last seven years now yeah they were great under mike leach so maybe the last year or two well yeah the the, where it really started to dip um but I, i think that's very interesting because you know that just goes to show how competitive that middle pack of the big 12 is um and and what that rating actually means you know for a a team that's offensively so productive to have their rating so dramatically low just shows how much improvement they need on defense and i think it will come this year for them all right well we'll we'll see i mean we know they're gonna throw it and score a lot uh real quick since we're running late on this show uh let's go ahead and talk about the utsa roadrunners and texas state bobcats we'll start with that team from san antonio uh, the I-35 rivalry will uh, continue its its uh, rivalry this year. So let's talk UTSA real quick, and then we'll talk to Bobcats. Uh, UTSA, uh, Frank Wilson in his third year of coaching. Uh, the new uh, Jeff Fisher, he is 12-12 and 12 over his career. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Roadrunners went 6-5 and five last year. Uh, they, they lose... A number one, uh, first-round draft pick to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, that kid was a stud. Um, they'll have a new quarterback, new running backs, a new go-to receiver, a mostly new offensive line, and a brand new offensive coordinator. Uh, UTSA is in for a good old-fashioned shakeup. 
you know, after they started 3-0 last year, they puttered to the finish. They went 3-5 uh, and five over their last eight games, finishing 6-5 and five and actually missing a bowl game. Um, the Roadrunners are really just looking to get back to a bowl game, but they're trying to find a core in their offense that they can really rely on uh, as we move forward in, in the future because there's not a whole lot of promise for UTSA this year as it was last year. Their defense was just dominant and disruptive. Uh, they'll be similar but not as impactful, I think, this year. Um, so we will see a drop-off for UTSA, but th their goal is to get a solid core to build around, be young now, and dominant in the future. Well, let's talk about the Bobcats and Everett Weathers going into his third year. Uh, not not great, you know. He's gone two and ten, both both years he's been at Texas State. Yep. Um, you know, they're they're pretty much ranked almost dead last in the S&P. It's been a while, you know. He's had time to finally get his recruits in, and you know, coach. There's a lot of big time talk, and you were, we and I were talking about it before the game, uh, before the show started. Um, you know, Texas State starting to get some recruits, starting to get some guys to stick around and, and you know really play for for Withers. What are you looking at, and is this the year that? Because Texas State is has never beaten UTSA. UTSA has been a football program for what five years, maybe. They've never beaten them. The I-35 rivalry is no rivalry. UTSA has dominated that rivalry. Tell me what you think about the Bobcats this year, and is this the year that they break seed on over-under win totals? Is this the year they finally beat UTSA? Because uh, they don't start off with an easy schedule uh, opening the season with Rutgers. No, they, they don't have an easy schedule by any means, especially in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, but I will say this is their chance to play up to their potential. Uh, they have a lot of, of upperclassmen now. Uh, they return a lot on offense, um, and this is probably the best linebacking core in the Sun Belt. So if they can limit big plays on defense, which has really been their biggest problem, uh, and get some stops and get some turnovers, they can really make impacts in some games and hopefully win some of these close games or at least make a lot more of their games competitive. I think this is the best year that probably they have a chance of beating UTSA. Okay, okay. I, li I like the optimism. Um, yeah, I mean, you got a returning quarterback in Willie Jones the third, uh, and then a redshirt freshman as his backup. It's a really young offense, uh, other than Mason Hayes. It's and also Tyler young, Watts but it's all the pieces Withers wants now. Good, and that's the way it should be. You know, hopefully, this is this is what I'm thinking about: is Texas under Charlie Strong, year three. What are you gonna do in year three? And yeah, and, and he has juniors and seniors on his defense now, and that's yeah. I think going to be the biggest part of all of this. Yep. So uh, hopefully that this is the year where Texas State has a little bit of bragging rights in that I-35 rivalry. But let's go ahead and make some picks because we got uh, just a few minutes left in this show. Let's do it. Let's jump right into it. A game you mentioned. Texas State does not have an easy schedule, and they start off going to Rutgers week one. Um, this Saturday, they play Rutgers at 11 a.m. Rutgers, a 16-point favorite at home. Dale, who you got? 16-point uh, favorite. No, I'm going to take the Bobcats. I got you, you got me high on the optimism train, and uh, I'm going to take them to lose by two touchdowns. 
bold call. Um, I just love it. So you know, the rest of our pod is all Rutgers train. Uh, we're taking the points at home. I don't care what you guys say. But uh, moving to a couple games that'll happen Thursday night, tomorrow night, if you're listening on release. Uh, first up, the 6 p.m. game, New Mexico State trying to get a little bit of redemption. They go to Minnesota. Minnesota is a three-touchdown favorite, 21-point favorite at this one. That's a Dale, lot of points. you going with the road dog again? That's a lot of points, man. Um, but I am going to go with the road dog. Uh no, you know what? Just because I think Ballard uh, is probably betting this thing uh, as Rucker, I mean, uh, New Mexico State's going to come back and bounce back, nah, nah, they're going to get their ass kicked again. Uh, Minnesota's a lot better than, uh, who they play, Montana or Wyoming? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're a lot better than Wyoming. So. For sure. Um, I will say I'm going to agree with your sentiments. I'm also going with Minnesota. However, the rest of our pod will chat and uh, – and Mac are taking uh, the New Mexico State Aggies uh, in a redemption second game for themselves. See, I knew that they were going to go that way <laughs> just because Uncle, Uncle Mac is, is going to just bet on New Mexico State and try and get in Ballad's ear. I'm not, I'm not on it. I'm not on that train. We'll see what happens. The other Thursday night game, 7 p.m., Northwestern travels to Purdue. Purdue, cool. two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Dale, who you got? I like this a lot. This is going to be a hell of a game. Um, you know, Ballard's been really high on Purdue. I'm going to trust that he's been doing the research, and I'm actually going to take Purdue to cover the two and a half. Well, that's going to make it a favorable three to one against Chad on this one. Chad's got the road dog, Northwestern. So hopefully they can cover those two and a half points. Uh, last game for this show, Dale. Saturday, 11 a.m. game. Ole Miss plays Texas Tech at a neutral site game at NRG in Houston. Texas Tech, a two-and-a-half point favorite. He got. Oh, man. We just talked so much shit about Tech. I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one. Uh, I have zero faith in that defense. Uh, you say they're better. I have to see it to believe it. Uh, two-and-a-half hey. points. I think that Ole Miss could win this thing outright. Hey, that's fine with me. I'm the lone Tech guy in this one. Uh, I got Tech winning by a field goal, so we'll see what All happens. Right. All right. uh, but that was uh, first impressions. Our yeah. first college football game is back oh, for the man, new year. Oh, man, it feels good to pick something that I feel like I know a little bit about because this damn baseball thing has been absolutely killing me, man. Sucks for you guys. Yeah, it does suck for us. But, hey, you know, as long as you keep making picks on our, uh, on our show bets for baseball, We'll be just fine. Um, show bet, as we mentioned earlier, if you weren't listening, we did hit that five to four. Braves are up right now. Uh, really, nothing else matters in this game, so we can go ahead and shut that thing off. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us. We actually don't have a nightcap. Uh, normally sponsored by the beautiful, delicious Strange Land Brewery. Tonight was all college football, and we gave you some of those college stories uh, as we talked about the team. So. That's all we got for tonight, boys and girls. Coach, thanks for uh, coming prepared and being here uh, semi-on time. It was a pleasure. I'm glad you're here, man. Our first Coach and Dale show. Thank you for making the uh, late but surprising show up uh, appearance. Domingo the Flamingo. Yeah, thanks for the effort, Domingo. Just putting in work for the pod. I'm your host, Spencer Spillman. Until Friday, we are the Sports Buzz, and we are out. Peace.